This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Woohoo! It's, uh, it was a great week this past week. Got a little chilly at night, but it was so nice during the day. And uh, and I know for those of you who aren't in the Deep South, and particularly aren't in the Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Tennessee, West Tennessee, Arkansas area, you might not know what I'm talking about. But it is good to sit out in the sun like a lizard on a stick. It is good. And uh, a, a lot of stuff that from this freeze that we had a couple of weeks ago, this unusual, it's sort of a historic freeze. It was very sudden from 70 down to, to 9 and 10 degrees. In Texas, it got it much worse. But it was it was rough. And some of the plants that I did not think would make it are doing fine. Some plants, I said, whew, that one made it. They turned into mush this past week as soon as it warmed up again. I'm thinking, I'm talking about you, ornamental cabbage or ornamental kale and snapdragons. You know, they can take a lot of freeze, but they can't take sudden quick freeze and they just turn to mush. But a lot of stuff is up, including something I thought did not have a chance. Uh, right before the freeze, right before I knew it was going to really, really freeze, um, I worked up a little area in my new raised bed from last year and I planted some some uh, English type peas, you know, the garden peas, uh, uh, th- things you get in a can and you put in soup, not our kind of peas. Anyway, the the uh, I, I planted three different kinds. I pre-sprouted sprouted the seeds so, so they had a little already showing a little root. Put them right where I wanted, and they were just beginning to come up. And we got that freeze. So I covered them with mulch, with bark. I laid some plastic over that. I put some old stri- strips of tin on top of that and some more bark on top of that. And lo and behold, I don't think I lost a single one because the warmth in the soil was captured by that mulch and the plastic and all. It kept the soil warm. Uh, so anyway, I got peas. I got carrots coming up. I got, I'm about to plant some cauliflower. Java, you said you got a recipe for, for some kind of cauliflower party dish or something yeah i'm gonna have to get it to you i'll i'll email it to you with the cauliflower um buffalo wings well what we can do is we can work with the deep south dining folks Oh yeah, and between between the three of us, we can see if they know their stuff. Nah, they know that stuff. I've been <laughs> preaching to them with that. That it's it's a good dish. We're gonna try it. Okay, well I'm planting this stuff. I I, uh, I I bought it before the freeze, but I kept bringing it in during the daytime. You know, so I've got little plants I'm setting out uh, this weekend. But anyway, for the next hour, let's just talk about whatever's on your gardening mind. I brought some stuff to talk about: an heirloom, an edible, and a native to talk about. There's a couple of events coming up that uh, that I think some of you might be, all of you might be interested in, but some of you are going to actually attend. That'll be fun. And uh, if you got some things that you know about this garden-related that uh, we can help promote here on MPB, give us a call. It's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. And before I get further into all this stuff, we could go right down to the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, Long Beach, and talk to Will. Good morning, Will. Good morning. How are you doing? So far, so good. Hey, did you know that Long Beach, the city flag has got carrots on? I mean, radishes on it. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, the the, the flag of Long Beach, Mississippi, has got rad. They look like carrots. It's a long red rad, but they got radishes on your city flower, <laughs> city flag. Okay. Anyway, just an oddball thing. What's up, man? Well, I my orange tree, it uh. That last freeze, like you were talking about, yeah, I uh, had started to 
just started to bud a little bit, and I've lost all the leaves off of it. It looks naked. Yeah. Any chance of it coming back? Yeah, yeah. There's a good chance. You know, the trees can take cold weather. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know exactly how cold it got on the coast. We got up to single digits up in central uh, Mississippi and north, but uh, the trees can take it down in the teens. Uh, a lot of times they lose their flowers, their buds. Sometimes their leaves will fall off. But what you could do, Will, is go out with a with a pocket knife, or if you don't chew your fingernails, just scratch some of the bark here and there, real shallow. And if it's bright green right under the bark, it's alive and it'll sprout back out. If it ain't bright green, it's dead. Okay, okay. It's about twenty five twenty five years old. It's on the north side of the house. Yeah, which you know which. It it has a good chance, but and by the way, you know you can prune if you don't do anything and it's alive, it's going to sprout out. It's going to find its the healthiest part of it's going to sprout out. But you can also prune it like you would a a, a big bush, cut it back a little. If it, if it looks like it's not going to have any flowers this year or fruit this year anyway, might be a good chance to prune it, and sort of get it back into shape. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, I want to. I want to. It's as tall as the house. But yeah. I want to cut it back, but there's a public outcry against it. She don't want to do that. Uh, I, I I understand. That's, that's code for she's listening, right? Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, just say, you You know, explain to her it's like plucking eyebrows, and she does that sometimes, and it's okay. 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 And, and good luck on that. What, it, about, it, fertilizing, what about fertilizing it? Uh, well, yeah. if, if have you got grass anywhere near the tree? Uh, very little. Yeah. You know, the, the grass down here is dying. Uh, uh, there's, yeah, there, well, a lot, some of it is for different. Uh, if you don't have grass, if you don't fertilize your grass, just take any kind of tree and shrub type fertilizer, azalea fertilizer, any kind of fertilizer where the numbers are about the same, uh-huh. and just scatter it on the ground under the outer spread of the branches. They don't have any good feeder roots up next to the trunk as well. And out there, you know, I, I, I say all the time, stick your arms out, wiggle your fingers, and that's where the fertilizer needs to be. Okay. And uh, and just 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 throw it on the ground. It doesn't doesn't you know it's not that big. It just you don't have to overdo it either. Okay, okay. Can I plant uh, sugar peas right now? Well, that's ones I got just just coming up. I think we got plenty of time because they only take about oh two and two and a half months or so you know to to mature. And I think that they have time to mature if you plant them real soon. They have time to produce something before it gets so hot that the vines die. But yeah. I, if you got to do that, I'd get right on it. I'm, I'm going to do that. Hey, try this. Hey, pretty, try try uh, this, Will. I did this, with, uh, 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 and it really helped a lot. If you get your seeds, go ahead while you're working the ground. Take the seeds and roll them up in a, in a, in a paper towel and just barely dampen it. Stick it uh-huh. in a plastic bag, put it on top of the refrigerator, and within two or three or four days, they will sprout. And then, okay. you know, they'll have a little root on it, and then you can put them exactly where you want them to come up. And they and, and and water them in, and they'll grow. But if you just throw them out there, some will sprout, some won't. They'll be too close. But what I did was I pre-sprouted mine. took about three days, and then I stuck them exactly where I wanted them. It was a whole lot more predictable that way. Right. That's a good idea. All righty, man. Good luck right. on Thank you, Hill. You bet. Thank appreciate you. it. All right. Yeah, I don't know whether that was garden advice or marital advice, but, you know, and she may not take kindly to me saying, well, she plucks her eyebrows. She can shut up about the tree. No, we don't go there. Ain't my business. But uh, let's slide back up uh, Highway 51 to Jackson and talk to Vaughn. Good morning, Vaughn. How are you? 
Good morning, Mr. Felder. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I I picked a bad time to call. You get into marriage advice. I don't need those troubles. <laughs> you know, we so, just we just try to keep it between the ditches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, between the ditches. Well, I I have uh, a, a range of of youth in my house, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them engaged and excited around gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, really, from this time of year, at, at least through the point where it's just too hot in the summer. Yeah. I'd love to hear if you have any suggestions from for me or people like me uh, on things that we can plant with them now uh, oh. that'll kind of either you know come up throughout the summer, yeah, or just kind of help keep them engaged. Yeah, there's there's some really good things, and and I'm not tooting my horn here, but I have written two books on gardening with with children, including one for the American Horticulture Society and one for Better Homes and Gardens, and all the projects and all the stuff that were done in both books, I had children do them. And then the children wrote the instructions on how they did it. So in other words, ain't a grown-up saying, do this or do that. Kids said, here's what we did and how we did it. And there's a lot of cool stuff. There's not just planting, but also uh, things related like uh, accessorize. You know, how old are you, how, what's, how, how old are your kids? So I've got two, 12, and 14. Oh, forget the 14, okay? We're going to work with the 12 and maybe the 2. You know, fourteen got other stuff on their mind, uh, but now, anyway, making stuff like a like a, a getting a broomstick and a coat hanger taped to the top of it with one of their long sleeve shirt or dresses hung off and have them make a, a head for it out of a milk jug or something and a little scarecrow to put out there and you plant stuff and while the stuff is coming up they got the little scarecrow to look at or a little bottle tree you know in other words accessorizing painting stuff on a rock. You know, anything that involves them, uh, their, their fingers and hands or artistry and things like that, while the stuff that's growing will grow. And there's tons of things you can plant now that will do before it gets too hot. Um, I don't know if they eat lettuce, but lettuce comes up real quick. And you eat it like within three weeks. Awesome. Now here, here, here's how you do that. You get, you, you get them. As a matter of fact, get the 14 or they ain't listening, right? No. Okay. No, get no. the fourteen-year-old help pick it. Go to the garden center and get three different types of lettuce seeds—a pretty one, a frilly one, you know, just three. Di- have them pick out the three that look the coolest, and then have them all mix them together in a bowl and just just get like a um, um, any, any kind of little small can, an egg carton with a little potting soil mm-hmm. in it, and just put a p- tiny pinch of each of that mixture in each of those things and water it. Within four or five days, six days, it's going to be up. And then you got individual little little salads that they can pop into bigger pots or put it in the ground or something like that. But by mixing two or three together, it looks more interesting. It tastes better. And it comes up so quick. But that way you can get the, the, the older one to pick out the varieties to have a little ownership there. And, awesome, man. I think my, I think my intern is going to like that idea. Yeah, it's so real easy. I tell you what, this is something else I did. I took the best of these two books uh, about gardening with children, and I came up with the, the, the most fun projects, the easiest plants, how kids, the younger kids versus older kids, what interests them, because you can't treat them the same. And I put them all into a, into a, a PDF. It's something I can email you for free if you shoot me an email. Awesome. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Now, now Thank send. You very okay. Much, okay. I want to say where to send it to. Send it to rushingfelder at yahoo.com. My name backwards, yahoo.com. Or just, just go online. Look for my blog, Felder Rushing Blog, and it has a thing that says email me and send it there. 
Awesome. You know, last week you were encouraged to get an Instagram page. I'm going to just encourage Java to keep at it on that. And thank you. Thank you very much for, for what y'all did in Greenwood Cemetery last weekend. Oh, man. It was, it was really a, fun to come out and see that. It, so was, thank you. it was a big Hey, were you the guy with the little girl? Yeah, that's the that's the little girl I got to get engaged in in, uh, oh, in seeing lettuce now. Man, I want you to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was funny, and and she never did talk, but she sort of smiled and waved as y'all drove off. Yeah, and she had hands full of camellias. That's so, yeah, right. That's right. Time. That's right. Anyway, go go to Felder Rushing blog and uh, shoot me an email. Yeah. I'll send you something. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's got pictures and everything. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Appreciate it, Vaughn. Now, Java, this is a great, big old good-looking guy. Came up, you know, got works in the gym and all like that. And he uh-huh. had this little girl just perched on his shoulder, and she was she wasn't sucking thumb, but she was hiding her face and had Camille. It was so sweet. Oh man, you well, know? yeah, he he was real excited to um ask you about that this morning. We were talking a little bit before he got on uh-huh. about you know getting his kids involved in the garden. So, well, this, uh, this hope thing, it works out. This thing I put together, you know, is is if you printed it out, it'd be forty pages. I mean, it's like two of the, the best of great, easy ideas for little kids, middle kids, all up to, to, to early teens, I guess. Anyway, uh, you want to shoot me an email, go to Felder Rushing blog, B-L-O-G. Don't go to my website. I had not looked at that thing in 10 years. But the blog thing, it has a little thing that says email me. Click that in uh, Children's Garden. Anybody interested in this, school gardens, uh, working with grandchildren, neighborhood kids, community gardens, want to have a little corner for the kids. That's what this is all about. And it's not my stuff. It's stuff I've gleaned working with the people at Disney, the American Hort Society, all over the world. Easy, doable ideas from kids' point of view. And, hey, it works for grown-ups, too. <laughs> it works for grown-ups. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman are whooping it up. Uh, the edible plant I brought of the week today is Swiss chard. Beautiful, beautiful. Tastes like spinach, but it's a big, beautiful plant with pink and orange and gold and yellow stems. Anyway, we'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener and your phone calls right after this. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and uh, we've got a couple of events coming up. I'm going to talk about those in just a second, but uh, if you know some things, shoot, give us a call. Let us know. Meanwhile, let's slide over to Wayne County. V, are you in Waynesboro or just really out near some other place in Wayne County? Because that's a – my daughter-in-law from Wayne County, and I know that there's a lot of little hamlets out there. Correct. Enjoy your show. Um I'm interested in um, setting out clippings from uh, uh, my neighbor's has a huge fig tree. Mm-hmm. And last last I went there and I, I cut clippings and I put them in water and a little mud and they died. So what do I do? Well, I just made some fig cuttings not long ago. And really, figs are pretty easy to root as long as you get the right size piece. You want something that's, that's not much bigger around than your finger. 
you know, so if you follow it from mm-hmm. the ends of the branch back to where it started last year, the very tip stuff doesn't root well, but the stuff closer to it does. So what I, you can take a, a, a let's say, a, 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 a piece is maybe two feet long and cut the tip off of it, and you can get like three or four cuttings. I usually make cuttings six or seven, maybe eight inches long, and I stick them in some pretty good dirt. You can put it in potting soil and keep it moist, or some pretty good like garden, uh, flower garden type dirt. Matter of fact, I, I root mine in between fl- wintertime flowers like pansies. I just stick them most away in the ground. But uh, again, a piece about as big around as your finger, not any bigger than that, and uh, maybe six or eight inches long stuck halfway in the ground. And this is a good time of year. They, they're going to start sprouting out pretty soon. Don't let that bother you, but you can root them now or after they sprout out, let the new growth kind of toughen up and root it. So you don't want to root the really tender stuff or the old, thick, woody stuff, but the in-between stuff, either now or wait till after it comes out and kind of toughens up a little bit more in the late spring. But the main thing is just try not to keep them too wet. The mud might have kept it too wet and rotted it. Okay, so uh, uh, repeat that again. Not the very tip, but in between the right. two yeah, in other words, yeah, yeah if, you, if you grab a branch with the very tip of it and follow it back to where it started growing last year, be, it'll be one long. How would you, how would you find that? How would you, is there a, like a, a lump or something no, there? No, 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 no. Just grab the end of a branch, you know, where it stopped, the part sticking up in the air. You know, the end of a branch where, where it stops growing right now. And grab that, and then just and, and when you run, you know, it'll be one long stick that started growing a year ago. Just one long, like a like a short fishing yeah. pole type thing. In other words, yeah. you know, don't get the very tip end stuff, but the stuff close to the tip end is about as big around as your finger. Okay, got it. Thank you. And, and uh, don't keep it too wet. Stick it most way in some pretty good dirt, and uh, and it should root by springtime. Don't have it in water and dirt or water and sand. You know, everybody every, everybody has their own different way, but the people who do it for a living, they just stick it in pretty good dirt. Okay, stick it in dirt. Yeah, have you have you got a a, a flower bed out front with some flowers in it? Sure. Dirt? Yeah, just uh, sure. sort of sort of work up the dirt into your flowers and stick it down in that. Sure. How do you keep the uh, birds off of the fig trees? A net or? Well, the, and you know, this is what I do, and what uh, uh, people have been doing a long time. When the when the figs start growing, um, if if you'll cut them back a little bit, make them more branchy, and keep them more like big bushes than middle sized trees. Most people just never prune; they get bigger and bigger and bigger. But people grow every year; they'll cut them back. Whatever grew last year, they'll cut it back about a halfway, so it bushes out with more figs, but it stays more compact. And you throw a bird netting on it, and you got to get some clothespins that tied up at the bottom so the possums don't get it, because that's what oh, happens in my yard. Oh. It, ain't, it ain't just the birds; taste taste bird netting and clothespins because possums will eat them like you wouldn't believe. At least in my yard. Okay, thank you. All right, appreciate it, V. Thank you. I got a Donald off. Uh, the the mother of my grandchild is from Wayne's County. Let's slide up to Oxford. Hey, Ann. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Good morning to you, and thank you for all the good advice you've given us through the years. Sure, thanks. Now, some months ago, you told us a better fertilizer for flower beds. I'm accustomed to just sprinkling triple 13 everywhere but i failed to write that down so i'm calling to ask you to give us that information again well see i don't 
I don't really have a a, a, a best fertilizer uh, because plants don't really care. As long as they get a little nitrogen, a little phosphorus, and potash, all three of those numbers, the triple 13 has got that. But the problem is the type of nitrogen that's in triple 13 is ammonium nitrate. It's fast, it's strong, and it's temporary. See, so if you want to use something like triple 13 every Two or three years, and on the in-between years, use something with a little bit slower type of nitrogen. My my choice is is cottonseed meal, which you can get at any farmer's co-op because they, they use it as a cattle feed supplement. But anything that's got a pretty high first number, that's slow release, not ammonium nitrate. That's, that's the only problem with triple 13. It's strong and it's ammonium nitrate, which is not good for flowers or worms or any of that. It's good for, 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 for farmers. Not gardeners. Great, that's very helpful. Thank so you. you, you bet, you bet. Have you got a very big area in the big flower bed? Mm, I'd say about um, ten by a hundred. That's a pretty good size. What I would do, I'd go to garden center and just get whatever the cheapest stuff they have that's for flower or vegetable gardens. Okay. And uh, it'll, it's more expensive than triple thirteen, but again, it lasts longer. It's gentler on, steadier for your plants. Terrific. Great. Okay, well, good luck on it, Ann. Thanks. Thanks a million. You know, I know a lot of people have a hard time finding cottonseed meal. It's a byproduct of the cotton industry, and even organic gardeners use it because, you know, this, the, the poisons that they use in commercial cotton nowadays is not translocated into the seeds. It's not, it doesn't work that way like it did back in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Uh, but they even use it as a cattle feed supplement because it's got protein. So not only has nitrogen help your plants, but it's got protein which beats up your earthworms. Uh, but anyway, any farmers co-op will have cottonseed meal if you can't find it the uh, main thing is a slow release type of nitrogen not ammonium nitrate which is what's in uh, commercial farmer type fertilizer that's the, the the problem is the nitrogen so now let's go to um let me see he said rural uh i can't read because of my bio, rural lafayette county chico what's up hey good good morning felder huh. um I'm I'm pr- I'm looking forward to the music you play today, and I appreciated that Felder fact about the radish on uh, the city flag. <laughs> I think Long Beach was it Long Beach? Yeah, Long. As a matter of fact, there was a radish a hundred years ago that was so popular up north as as as, as uh, pub food. You know now you know the pickled eggs and all that stuff. This is stuff they notched on. It was called the Long Beach. Long red radish looked like a red carrot and it's sweet, it's crunchy, and they would they actually built a bank and an ice house down in Long Beach because they were shipping railroad carloads of these things up north and said so it's on the flag. The Long Beach Long Red Radish on their flag. Stupid stuff to know. I'm gonna have to get me one of those flags. Yeah, or 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 make you know if you, they don't sell it now as Long Beach Long Red, I think they call it Cincinnati Market. Uh, but anyway, I actually gave a presentation on this uh, there on campus in in Oxford at, at Ole Miss to a food festival, and there's a local farmer there. I forget his name, who grew them, and from seed to eating is three weeks. I think that's JMO that does that. Could be, could be. But be. anyway, uh, it, and also if if you have, there's a great band from Texas, from Greenville, Texas, called Radish, and they <laughs> might be your song of the day sometimes. Uh, see, see, a lot of times they don't. You know, we got to keep it clean, me and me and Java up here. 
<laughs> well, listen, I got a gardening question. Yeah. Um, I think I have found – I haven't had a garden since Reagan was president, and I think I have found the perfect kind of garden for a fellow like me that likes to spend a lot of time reading. Mm-hmm. And speaking of reading, we're looking forward to your column Sunday up here in North Mississippi, East Mississippi in the Tupelo Daily Journal. I have fun with that thing. Well, today in the Daily Journal, there's an article about a farm called Sam Sara Gardens, and it's by Christina Dimitrovich. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. And it's about a couple of fellas that moved down to Tupelo from Brooklyn in New York. And they started this garden called a no-till garden. Mm -hmm. And from reading the article, what they do is they plant what they want to, and then they just sit back and let the insects do what they want to and let the rabbits do what they want to. And what they have left over, they sell. And according to the article, they, they, they can't keep up with demand. Huh. Well, it sure sounds easy to me, but I bet it ain't that easy. You say this is a book, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is this was this was it. This was in uh, okay. the Mud Magnolia magazines today. Yeah, in uh, the Tupelo Daily Journal. Well, no-till gardening does work if you got. That's what I shoot for. You know, once you get your dirt in good shape, if you feed your worm and use a lot of mulch, the worms will come up at night and eat your mulch and circulate it. They dig down deep and they take their fertilizer and air and water and rain, all that. So worms can actually do the digging for you. Uh, getting started the first year or so is kind of rough in the South. But uh, no-till gardening, it absolutely does work. The article alluded to the first year being rough, Yeah, which I figured my first year was going to be rough anyway. Well, I would break but, it up the first year. I would at least break it up to get it started and then mulch like crazy and feed the worms, and they'll take it from there. Well, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to look into that, well, I, and I'm going to go see Jamo about some of those radishes. Okay. It, I, I forget that. I think it's called Cincinnati Market uh, now, but anyways. Stupid stuff I know. Glad to share it. <laughs> All right. We sure do appreciate y'all. Thank you, fellas. You bet, guy. Okay, Job, you going to take a phone call or, or go go to the – what's your – okay, let's go to, talk to Roy in Memphis. Hey, Roy, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, fellas. Good. I got a question for you. Yeah. I've got an archway entrance into my vegetable garden, mm -hmm. and I normally put cucumbers on it, but this year I thought I'd go with a perennial climbing flowering plant. Huh. And I don't want roses. I don't want wisteria. I'm thinking of clematis, but I'm interested in your ideas. Well, you know, the, it, I have a, a the interest to my my main garden is an is an arbor. You know how the covered wagons had those big old hoops that they put the the, the fabric yeah. on. Well, mine's, I, I have a, a hoop type entrance, like a covered wagon, and I've got I guess seven or eight different vines growing on it, and none of the perennial ones do everything I want them to all year. You know, some of them are, are pretty leaves, some black bloom in the spring, some in the summer, some in the fall. But uh, a mixture of them would be pretty good, depending on how big your arbor is. I think for an entrance to a garden, you might be better off to grow uh, one or two or three different kinds of flowering uh, things that are, that are cover quick, um, that, are, that are prettier is what I'm saying. That could be quite as big. A perennial thing is going to take you a year or two to start doing want it to. So if you want to start with a, a perennial thing, uh, there are some, some thornless roses that do okay. Um, one of my favorite that, that, that blooms really well in springtime is a native plant that's called um, cross vine. It's real, real pretty. But what you can do is the first year when you plant your perennial type thing, go ahead and plant you some annuals with it so you get something to look at this year while your perennials starting to grow. 
if that makes hmm. sense. Okay. Uh, gotcha. two, two of my favorites, uh, there's one called Cypress Vine. It's an annual. Uh, the moonflower does well, blooms in the evening. But I grow gourds. I think gourds are just fantastic plants. Gourds? They're, huh. they're, they're big, big, bold foliage, and then they have gourds hanging on there. And you just leave them after frost. You know, the leaves just knock off, and you got all these gourds hanging on it. Whether it's birdhouses, ornamental <laughs> gourds. But the gourds are fast. They're pretty. They attract pollinators. Um, and they got fun stuff you can throw at the cat or turn into birdhouses. Yeah, that's a good idea. Now, what was that very first one you mentioned? Uh, cro- you mentioned the cypress vine. The cypress vine. Yeah. Moonflower. Moonflower sometimes called moon vine. And there's one other. Well, the perennial one I talked about was called uh, 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 cross vine. It's cross a, vine. Yeah, if you look up cross it's a native plant. It blooms really good in the late winter, early spring, and it has pretty good leaves the rest of the year. But you can grow other stuff in with it. Like I said, I've got seven or eight different vines growing on this one big arbor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll take your advice and put a bunch of stuff on this thing. Yeah, think, think about gourds, though. They're fun and they're pretty and, they're, you know, it's just it's kind of a funky thing. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Felder. You bet. Appreciate it. All righty. Oh, there's so many vines. I just, I go blank. I just go blank. But, uh, Java, let me ask you this. You want to set up this tune today? Um. Well, I mean, you actually brought it to my attention. I just kind of cleaned it up for you a little bit so what you why did this this particular tune speak to you well because it's i I woke up the morning it because it's cheerful and it's about hope for the day and i can give you uh like i guess all music ever created has a mississippi connection uh one of the producers of this song which is good day by a group called nappy roots is dj greg street and he is a Hattiesburg native. Okay, hot dog. Well, folks, here it is, me and Java MPB. We're going to take a little break for some music and come back with your phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcast. It is a party. This is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. 
Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Gonna be a good day. Man, you gotta be from the South know about white bread, french fries, and hot sauce. I mean, that's just part of it. There's so many cultural things, different parts of the country, that if you're from there, you pick up on it. If you're not from there, you don't even understand the words. And uh, anyway, I appreciate that job. Hey, we're going to be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Before we get into this, let me mention this. Crosby Arboretum is going to have their spring native plant sale. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, March 19th, 20th, and 21. March 19, 20, and 21, Crosby Arboretum Spring Native Plant Sale. I was at it last year, and they had a lot of really, really cool plants, and a lot of people showed up. If you want information about that, uh, just Google Crosby Arboretum and go to their website. It's got all the details, but it's uh, 19th, 20th, and 21st. And again, just Google Crosby Arboretum and uh, go to their website for details about that. Hey, let's slide down to Pascagoula. And talk with Brenda. Hey, Brenda, what's going on down there? Hi, Felder. Beautiful day. Yeah. Um, I have a two-parter. Um, I know that you you promote cutting like fig trees back mm-hmm. um, pretty far down. My sister, uh, two years ago, cut my mom's 70-year-old fig tree. It didn't have any back. figs. No figs. Well, no, it won't even. Uh, it's sprouting, but it looks horrible. It's not not growing yeah. um, to me. Well, you know, usually I'm just wondering. usually you can cut figs. You know, fig is more of a shrub than a tree. And you, know, you can usually yeah. cut it back just to the ground. It'll sprout back out from suckers, and that may be what's happening. Um, so usually that's not a problem. Here's the deal, though. Figs produce on what grow this year as long as it grew off of something from last year. Okay. In other words, you cut them way, way back. They'll sprout back out, but usually they don't have figs unless you leave some stubs of last year's growth. So what I do on mine is I follow, and you can do this on on, on, on the ones y'all have got now, mm-hmm. from the very tip of it down to end, end of what, what finished growing in November, follow it back to where it started, be one long cane, and cut mm-hmm. about half of that off. And what'll, what's left will sprout back out and still have figs. As long as you leave some okay. some stubs of last year's growth. And my rule of thumb is whatever grew last year, cut it about halfway back. And it'll branch out two or three times so you have actually more figs on a more compact plant. So let's just try pruning it back a little bit to make it more bushy instead of shooting up out of, out of overhead. Oh, okay. First, I'm not interested in the figs. I don't <laughs> care for them. Well, but, but the birds do. It's nothing else for yeah, the birds. Right. Yeah. Um, but it... it it's still way stubby. The, the the limbs were pretty thick, probably about two inches or, or more. Oh, I've seen and them. I've seen them as big as my thigh cut back. Say again? I've seen them cut back as big as my thigh and still sprout back out. So, but, You're kidding. No, no. Well, maybe it needs some fertilizer. What would you suggest? 
Uh, just any kind of all-purpose fertilizer. Nothing, you know, okay. nothing special. A lot of people make special deals out of fertilizer like ketchup. Some ketchup runs faster or slower than still ketchup. As long as the numbers are about the same, and it's I not it's not commercial fertilizer with ammonium nitrate. It's it, you know, synthetic, natural. Plants don't care. I heard you explain that earlier. Yeah. Okay. So, my but, other, uh, but anyway, go go back yeah. and cut them back. Whatever's out there now, go ahead and cut it back. May even have some buds on it down down on the coast. But go ahead and cut it back uh, a third or a half of whatever grew last year, and that'll invigorate it. Okay. Okay. I'll try that. Um, I have another. It's, it's, my brother sold his house, and I am up there um, getting cuttings and digging up lilies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have, okay, I'm trying to propagate forsythia, bottle yeah. brush, and Meyer lemon. Yeah. And I've read that you that they can be rooted in water. Mm-hmm. I have my doubts about that. They can, but it's not the best way. And uh, by the yeah. way, the lemons, you know, lemons don't grow well on their own roots. They, they're, they're a whole lot better off grafted. So I, you know, I'm not saying don't give it a try, but I would I, I would put it down on the list of expectations. I understand. And the forsythia's root like ringing a bell. Just strip all the leaves and the flowers off, and take cuttings about the size of a pencil, stick them in some pretty good dirt. Okay. And uh, the bottle brush, I'm not sure about root. They should root pretty well, but I just, you know, I I, I don't. In general, this is just a real general thing, and I help teach the plant propagation court at state. Tree, plants that drop their leaves in the winter root best in the winter. Those that are evergreen root best when the new growth toughens up in the summer. And I don't know, the bottle brush, does it drop its leaves? I don't, you know, I'm, I don't think it does. Well, I, what I would do is wait till the new growth comes out, kind of toughens up a little bit, looking at June or so. If it's an evergreen plant, uh, most commercial growers start rooting stuff June, July, or something like that. Okay. Well, that'll that work for me because the uh, closing is March twenty third. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that info. Well, good luck on it, Brenda. Let me know how the fig does. Okay. Whether, I will. And if you don't like them, let me know because I make fig preserves. I'll come down and hit it hard. Okay. <laughs> it's a shame that I don't. Uh, That's okay. So some people, yeah. you know, some people don't like mushrooms. Yeah, well, <laughs> there, there you got me. I love them. Okay. okay, Felder, you have a great day. Thank Appreciate you. it, Brenda. Bye. <laughs> Let's slide up to the ice box a minute, way up in the northeast part to Corinth. Hey, Mike, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. It's a pretty day up this way. Man, it's going to be real pretty today. It is. Uh, I have one question. I've got a uh, quite a bit of uh, Stella Diora daylily sprouting up through the ground, and uh-huh. uh, some of them need to be divided. When is a good time to divide those and replant them? Well, d- daylilies and cannas and irises can be d- dug up and divided anytime, even when they're in full bloom. But, you know, they're not really growing yet. Now would be a good time because they don't know that they've been messed with. But if you want to dig them up and separate them and, and replant them now, uh, they should start putting their new growth up pretty soon. But anyway, it's not that big a deal on daylilies. They're, they're really durable plants. It's sort of like okay. monkey grass. You know, a lot of people say, I don't know how to divide. Well, start with monkey grass and work your way up to daylilies. And it ends up being, <laughs> it ends up being the same thing because they're both yeah. in the same family. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I do have one more uh, question. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I have a variegated vine that someone gave us a start on it uh, a few years ago. 
I was curious as to uh, what it is. It's got a small blue flower, um, and the leaves are kind of oval-shaped. Is this like a a ground cover vine or is it a climbing vine? Ground cover. Yeah, uh, and is the the blue flower about the size of a quarter? Right. Yeah, that that would most likely be a variegated vinca, vinca major. Some people just okay. got a vinca, not the periwinkle flower vinca, uh, but but the vinca major, sort of a knee highish type of ground cover viney looking thing, and there's a variegated one, but it's got real pretty blue flowers. Should be starting to bloom pretty soon. I've seen a few in the Jackson area. Yeah, I've already got uh, one bloom so far. About the size of a quarter. That's going to be a variegated vinca. Variegated vinca. Okay. Thank you very much. All Have right. a good day. Appreciate it, yeah. man. Bye bye. Okay, let's slide over to Neshoba County. Hey, Bill, what's up, man? Hey, uh, uh, thanks for taking my call. I My uh, hazelnuts are uh, setting their flowers out, and uh, I just know that the squirrels are going to have a fun time uh, because last year they got every one of my hazelnuts. So I'm <laughs> just wondering, what do I do to keep the squirrels off? Nothing. 410 shotgun. I mean, seriously, over the past 40 years that I've been doing horticulture, and I started in 1980, so it's been 41 years now, uh, there's a handful of questions I get over and over and over, and everybody has got a solution, and I have, like for deer or squirrel, the I don't know if any, go Google squirrel control on YouTube and you'll see the links people go. But, you know, people say everything in the world. Bottom line is there's not much you can do. I mean, I was raised in Pecan Grove and uh, if there's anything we could do to keep squirrels out of all, all of our stuff. We would. There's not anything practical, uh, not for a tree. You can't fence it or anything like that. They're just they're just not. Okay, well, I've got them growing as, as bushes. They're about yeah. six well, feet tall. Well, if you, you know, if you keep them uh, pruned like that, you could get some. They've got good, good bird netting, good sturdy bird netting mm-hmm. that you can throw over there and then tie it at the bottom around the trunk with some clothespins, and that'll uh-huh. help. You know that 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 can work. Uh, squirrels may try digging through it, but I don't. I don't know that they will. But anyway, if 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 you got them treated as shrubs, like I do my blueberries, you know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give it a try. All right, hey, good luck on it. Thank good you. luck on it. Before we go, to this next call, I got a thing. There's there's a thing, uh, internet thing going on about the twelve seasons of the South. You know, I've always said we had seven seasons: winter, spring, second spring, summer, hot summer. You know that kind of thing. But here's a good one: uh, twelve seasons of the South. There's winter. There's fool's spring. Yeah, don't 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 get happy when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a second winter. And then there's the spring of deception, which is what we're in now. The spring That's when people plant the tomato to her. Spring of deception happens in March. Then we have the third winter, the season called the pollening. I think it should be called the antihistamine. But the pollening, then actual spring, summer, hell's front porch, false fall, second summer, and actual fall. But right now, we're in what's called the spring of deception. People are going to be planting tomato plants and setting out marigolds and putting their, their – their, and we're going to have a, a late – We all it always happens late March or 1st of April. It always happens that we get a frost and people act like it never happened before. It's called blackberry winter, just about when the blackberries bloom. So I'm just saying, if y'all letting this weather get you all goosey and want to start planting stuff – 
take a deep breath, work your dirt up, get you some mulch, plant you some, you know, some, take care of your potted plants, but just wait. This is the spring of deception. <laughs> now let's go to uh, to Carrie and talk to Ina. Hey, Ina, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How, How are, are you? you? Fine. I want to ask you, where's Carrie? Where's Carrie? Carrie? Mm-hmm. No, it's T. T-E-R-R-Y. Oh, Terry. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, know, you it's know, just down, it's just south of Jackson. Oh, I know where Terry is. I know where <laughs> okay. Terry is. But but apparently, uh, our our phone greeter today, Mr. Kevin Farrell, he's a big shot <laughs> producer. He anyway. Well, I, I, it, it's probably my southern. <laughs> Could be. What's up, Anna? <laughs> well, Velda, I know that you're not a tree professional or expert. Wait, 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 wait. I taught the tree <laughs> surgery course at MSU. I know, I know. But um, anyway, and that's the reason I called you, because I know you're very knowledgeable about trees. Well, what's but up? Stump me here. Tree, do what? Stump me. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tree. It's a pun, a tree stump. Stump me. Get it? Right. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. It took a minute there, but I got it. Okay. Look, uh, we we have a river birch, uh, and uh, about a month ago, we uh, pruned some limbs off of the side of the tree with uh-huh. small limbs. Right. And and now it's uh, doing what I say, weeping or, oh, yeah. or crying. Yeah. Is that is that normal? Yes, it is. You know, river okay. river birches, they don't grow in. We find them along high high on the banks of river. They're not lowland. You know, they they grow on the banks of rivers. There's a lot of them mm-hmm. along the Pearl River, uh, and they're pretty efficient at moving water out of the, out of the plants when it's too wet. Uh, okay. Muscadines will do this too. Uh, Horticulture, they call it bleeding, but it's mm-hmm. just and sometimes it'll actually. Spread Bird. It drip, 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 drip. Mm-hmm. Not, not a big deal. But mm-hmm. but I would say this, Anna, if you can, okay. d- did y'all cut a lot of branches? Uh, well, or earlier in the year, or no, maybe about two years ago now, uh, there there were quite a few uh, yeah, bigger lambs. Yeah, but well, I guess what I'm saying, if it's not too much trouble, if you left stubs, go back and cut them off because no, the stub. No, we didn't we didn't. We didn't leave stubs. Good, because because they won't heal. Yeah, the don't bay. don't don't worry about the weeping. It's it's uh, some plants. They 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 throw water through them real real fast, and this is one of them. And with the oh, sap okay. start sap starting to rise right now, it's mm-hmm. going to spurt. But don't, don't let it bother you. Okay, nothing nothing to be uh, concerned. Nope, and even if there was, it ain't squat you can do about it. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, you know, get, so I wouldn't worry about it at all. This is normal on some species. Thanks, uh, Felder. You're, you're, you're such a good uh, gardener. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Hunter. Appreciate it. Okay. Now, there's one thing I did learn this year after being cooped up. I shouldn't say cooped up. I've been fortunate to be at the homestead all year, for over a year. And I started a raised bed garden. And I found out I'm really a lot more of a garden expert than I am a gardener. <laughs> I mean, Java, you've seen some of the stuff that I brought in. Those little, those little uh, carrots, what were they, about three inches long yeah now that was funny but it's <laughs> but it's all it just goes to show you you can know everything and know all the perfect you know yeah. everything but i used to have a i used to have a button i wore it said take my advice i'm not using it <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's see what barbara's up to in south Hill. we've been all over the map today what's up barbara i've got some tall bearded irises that i dug up last 
spring probably and uh-huh. replanted mm-hmm. and I didn't think I fertilized them but maybe I did but over the winter now the the foliage is huge and flopping over some yeah. of it and of course some of it's burnt yeah mine too do I cut them back or just leave them like that or cut well, them, get off the burnt part? Well, I would, you know, first of all, just cosmetic. Luckily, I wear bifocals. I don't see stuff like that. It doesn't bother me <laughs> like it does other people. I, I haven't seen my feet since I was 21. But uh, but if you wanted to take some, some pruning shears, some scissors, and cut the foliage in a natural little fan shape just to cut off, you know, some of the burnt stuff, but they're going to start blooming pretty soon. You know, I think of, you know, some bloom as early as, as late March up in close to Memphis. It might be April when they bloom, but I wouldn't cut them back real, real far. You might want to just okay. neaten them up a little bit with some, you know, with some scissors in kind of a fan shape, and they'll put out new growth that'll look fine. Okay, I will sure do that. <laughs> but my, my, when I did look at mine, though, the, the, you know, I've, I've got irises that are hardy to Canada, and they got burnt by this sudden freeze. Mm. But they'll bloom mm. fine. They'll bloom fine. Okay. Well, that's what I will do. I will trim them up. <laughs> okay. Well, it'll be a pretty day for it. You, it the, the ground's kind of wet. If you're going to get on your knee, put take something out there and put your knee on so it doesn't get wet. I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Barbara. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, folks. Hey, we're gonna we're starting to plan some things for this spring. Some spring events. Uh, MPB and me and my pickup truck and stuff like that. We're we're, we're just we're getting a negotiating thing. And uh, one that we're planning on doing is going to be the first weekend in April. It's going to be at the Max in Meridian. I don't have the detail just yet, but still a couple of three weeks off. But we'll talk about that next week. But there are some events coming up, and there's some things, some farmers markets. Uh, some some plant swaps that, that, that I can help with, let me know. I, because, I mean, we're all in this together. I get in my pickup truck, I drive over and have a good time with y'all. So, um, anyway, uh, I don't know if we have time to take this other call or not. What do you think, Java? Yeah, let's let's bring her in real quick. It's okay. Pam from Pascagoula. Hey, Pam, what's going on? Oh, well, sorry, I'm from Pascagoula, but yeah. did y'all resolve the mystery of the ra- uh, the radishes on the Long Beach flag? Oh, What, what mystery? Well, r- Long Beach was the radish capital of the world. I know. Years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you mention that. So, oh, no, I, I did. I did. Oh, I, I, I had to. I had to. I couldn't listen for a while. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. No. Have you grown that radish? Uh, no, I haven't. It doesn't. Okay. What's that? It doesn't taste like a radish. It's not. Doesn't have that hot, zesty radish. You know, we think of radish as being oh. little, little hot things. This not like right. that at all. And they grow like a small carrot. From start to finish in about three weeks, three three. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. About thirty days, about uh, just wow. about four weeks. It's an amazing little thing, and it was a a unique kind of radish. But uh, they, I mean, they even made the bank there, and they built an ice house to ship these things by the tr- by the train carload up north till the people in Florida took to, you know took over the market. But anyway, cool. Okay, um, so what? I was just going to say we are, well, I'm sorry, Pam, but we did run out of time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sorry <laughs> yeah, about email, that. You can email. No, no. She just wanted to She wanted to celebrate that that Long Beach, Mississippi was known as the radish capital of the world. Like Vardaman and the sweet potatoes. And, and That's right. And, uh, and, and Crystal Springs are tomatoes. And there's got to be some more out there, but we're out of time. Anyway, hey, if y'all know some blank is the capital of the world from Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, 
Let's talk about it next week. We're going to be here every week. We're talking about gardening. I'm a horticulturist. I'm not a great gardener, but I try, and I try to share what I've learned from other people. We're going to do this every week right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Java Chapman and Kevin Farrell and all the other folks here, we got some interesting little things planned for me and my pickup truck this coming spring, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, if you get a chance to take a kid to a garden center, a farmer's market, any place like that, Show even if you don't know what to do, wiggle your fingers in the dirt and show them a roly poly. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.